Hi, Paul McCartney here. When we asked Peter Jackson to make a video for our new single, Now and Then, he said he didn't know how to make a music video, but he was going to make it anyway. Well, I think he passed the audition. Judge for yourselves. Here it is. Now and Then. Welcome to a very special bonus edition of When They Was Fab. I'm Ed Chan. And I'm Lonnie Pena. Let's see, going around the circle here, we have my co-host from Toppermost of the Poppermost and the queen of all Beatles media, Kid O'Toole. Hey, Kit. Hey, Ed. Hi, Lonnie. And hello, everybody. It's great to be here on such a just an incredible occasion. A, a lovely week. Probably more than we could have hoped for, actually. That's for sure. And then we have one of the legs, uh, Mr. Tom Huniati. <laughs> it's been a minute here since we've had you on. It's, it's been a couple minutes, but it's great to be back. Thanks for the invite. The last three days have been pretty special. And then finally, we have half of BC the Beatles. This was en enough to actually get them out of hibernation, believe it or not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, hey, Erica. Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, well, we're, we're glad to see you back alive again uh, you and your partner and hopefully we will get to hear a little bit more from you in the next year it's been what eight ten months at least since a full year the last time wow. we recorded was the revolver special so october 28th last year was when revolver it had to be something this big to uh bring us <laughs> out of a uh, hiatus and boy was it big it was well, well. Well, let's start with you, since you were fortunate enough to actually get to go to the. What, what were we calling this? We're calling this a preview, a screening. Uh, Call it an what? Apple listening event. It's yeah, it's not really a party, I guess, but it's a little event. This was like three mm. weeks ago. Yes, this was the last week of September, and um, I. I've been to a couple of these before, but this was the first time we actually had to sign an NDA before ex being able to accept the invitation. So this was much more top secret than they usually conduct these things. Mm. But yeah, it was lovely. Um, Jeff Jones was there, CEO of Apple. He introduced it, uh, talked us through the marketing plan. We got to hear the song just by itself. We saw both the film and the music video. We then got to hear plans for Red and Blue and heard 
two songs from Red and Blue and Dolby Atmos too before we, we left. So it was it was quite the ride. And there were so many tears. Hmm. I bet. How can you watch that video and not get choked up a little? Yeah, you know, I can understand the, the song itself, people have some difficulties with it. And I understand that. It's a demo. And it's still a demo. It's a it's a blown up demo with lots of overdubs, but fundamentally it's still a demo. Well, wasn't the McCartney album pretty much a demo record? <laughs> <laughs> McCartney 3 you're referring to? McCartney oh, the, 1. The original. The original. <laughs> oh, well, that is true as well. So, you know, now that we're all familiar enough with it, which of the three is your favorite? I still got to go with Free as a Bird. Hmm. I second I, that. Free as a I Bird agree. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sa- same here. Yeah, Free as a Bird. Well, it's an awesome song. Yeah. I get to be the odd man out, and I got to say that this track here, Now and Then, is my favorite of the three. Wow. Interesting, interesting. And Peter Jackson did probably as good a job as he could have. They they didn't have the kind of budget they had to do the free as a bird thing here. But, you know, we'll talk about the video in detail as we get to it. But I think what I have to say is just wow. Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The level of detail that went into this, I mean, the placement uh, that they got everything going on in this video is, is, is amazing. Lennon at the uh, at the podium there, really exciting to see the conductor podium, I should say. And, you know, the placement, I love how they're, they're all interacting from, from different eras. Um, really exciting stuff. Well, before we get back to it, I have posted a shot breakdown or at least as good a shot breakdown as i could get from watching the video about four times in a row uh, Mm. in the uh, fab facebook group so tune into that and we will be discussing some specific shots as we get to them absolutely yeah i mean overall i think you know before we get into the specifics you know this was really not only kind of a goodbye, but it was a love letter to fans. I mean, I Mm. I really felt that way. You know, uh, Peter Jackson is a fellow fan. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, not only is he got the ultimate fan experience by getting to to be an insider, you know, getting uh, access to all the, the footage and everything, but he really is a fellow fan and you can tell from, from this right. video. And I, you know, and right. I love like even toward the end, you know, when he even got an, a shot of fans, you know, and it's from Hard Day's Night, of mm-hmm. course, but still, I thought that was a really telling, you know, shot there to even get that in, you know, to really say, you know, this is for all of us, you know, to, to celebrate the Beatles. And that was one of many times I became for Clint. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. And as we know, that is the outtake which features a famous face in it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that that was the, the outtake, indeed. We'll get to that when we get to it. As we all know, you know, what Pendulette told us way back in July was that this thing is coming. Apple had gone out and actually sent some notifications to record stores at the end of August saying that it would be available at late September. What do you guys think happened? 
Well, that's funny because um, we were recording a show with Mitch Axelrod, and he was going <laughs> to talk about that, and we totally got off topic, so we ended up not talking about it after all. But that's a good question. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I know Ken Michaels thought he, they wanted the Stones to get their moment in the sun, and then there was a lot of people, you know, going on about Taylor Swift, which probably is not uh, the reason either but but definitely i would love to know because i don't think this was the great promotional campaign they've ever ran for something they could have done a lot better job with this yeah i mean it all seems to have gotten compressed into this okay we got to do it now we got to do it now and then you know even ringo came out and said well i thought it'd be out by now right i'm i'm in the the belief that i think Paul should have just kept his mouth shut when he was promoting, you know, his photo book. Uh, you don't need more Beatles to promote Beatles, uh, in my opinion. But he's let it slip, and it, it's been a it's been a whirlwind ever since. But I'm glad it's finally out now. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't have to wait too long, because what was it like? It was just what two week notice or less. Yeah, than yeah, that. exactly. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You know, you know the 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 what their original plan was was an announcement in August. And normally what Apple does is they announce 50 days before they release something. That 50 days gives them enough time to kind of ramp up whatever marketing plan. Was there any hint of what had happened uh, from what Jeff Johns said at the listening party, Erica? No, they acted as if this was always the plan. This It was go and yeah, there was, there was nothing, which is to be expected. I understand that, but you know... <laughs> We all know that that wasn't the case. And I mean, right. Mitch Axelrod, to bring him up, likes to pretend that he knew exactly why it didn't happen. But Well, but the thing is, is you, you just don't have all these records ready to go in, in two weeks. You know, it, it takes time. So these things had to have been ready. So there must have been some legitimate reason for some kind of delay. Yeah. You know, I'm actually surprised that they didn't wait a couple of weeks to do it in the same kind of Thanksgiving weekend time frame oh, that the original anthology was done in right. Christmas right. buying season. Right. right. And, and get back, point. you know. Yeah. Oh, that's waiting awfully long. That's also expecting people to put their money out very last minute. You know, October, <laughs> November is very much the time when things probably should come out when you really want people to buy them at Christmas time. Hmm. Yeah. No, this is a fan base that, you know, is going to buy it right away. A lot of these things are probably a limited release. So these things are going to get bought right away. People are not going to wait until, oh, give me this for Christmas, especially the vinyl. I mean, the CDs I can understand, and maybe even the regular black, uh, red, and blue uh, vinyl. But (laughs) but this fan base is a buy it now and listen to it now um, fan base. They're not going to wait until Christmas. My adult daughter asked me, is that what you want for Christmas? And I, yeah. you know, that was today, and I, I brought home a bag from Target. I said, "Well, I have it already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. Wait for Christmas." That's <laughs> I had to no, go to two a- Targets, but I found it. Yeah, no, that's a very good point because I was thinking I could understand the red and blue albums being released. I could understand people saying, "Oh, I want that for Christmas." You know, particularly more casual fans, maybe right. not the right. super hardcores, but yeah. I mean, the vinyl heads, yeah, they want it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Um, uh, we, we have to have all the colors. We have to have the version with the slipcase. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. You're not a real collector if you don't have the version with the slipcase, both CD and <laughs> vinyl. <laughs> hey, I admit it. I paid the 15 bucks to get the CDs with the slipcase. 
Oh boy. Okay. I was originally gonna go gonna just buy them separately on Amazon and it's like, oh well That's it's what only I'm do. Yeah. yeah. It's only fifteen bucks, you know. Right. And there's no book, which is I find kind of a shame. Because there could be a really good red and blue book if they wanted to make one. Yeah, really. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's a missed opportunity. It was so many, you know, younger generation Beatles fans introduction to the Beatles. Yes. You would think there'd be so many opportunities for essays and analyses of this album. Sure. Yes. That was my introduction when I was three days old. Yes. Oh. <laughs> 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 You remember it well, Tom. Oh, I remember that release. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, the media is eating it up. Uh, Our friend Skylar Moody, Mm -hmm. she is just getting more publicity than she could want uh, based on this release. Yes, indeed. Mm Absolutely. Well, and I think it is an interesting time because, you know, younger people are getting a taste. I mean, it's kind of like how I felt, you know, when anthology was happening. Right. Because, you know, this is, you know, another opportunity to kind of experience, uh, again, you know, a, sort of the Beatlemania, um, you know, to experience a new Beatles song. In in a sense, I mean, I remember feeling that way when Free as a Bird came out. You know how mm-hmm. exciting that was. But they did that just right. There could be nothing better than the end of episode one, oh, the, the countdown, countdown clock, <laughs> and, and then yes. into that. It's like this is the best thing they could possibly <laughs> ever do. Yep. Oh, I mean, weren't we all on the edge of our seats? Just it when was a great time. Let's go! <laughs> oh my god, and it was so exciting. You were only going to see it yes. once, you know? It was appointment TV. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we had no idea it was going to get released on VHS and then Blu-ray later on. But yeah, I definitely, definitely... It's not out on recording. Blu-ray yet, Tom. I oh, mean, the I'm video, sorry, the DVD, video is, but... DVD, sorry, yeah. DVD, yep. but anyways... Um, <laughs> I got the laser that, disc, Tom. Yeah, oh, well, that's oh, yeah. special right there. That is special. Yeah, I, I have that as well. So Very good. I was the laser disc advocate back at the time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great format. Until Blu-ray, it, it, it was always laser discs are better than DVDs. Mm-hmm. Right. And oh, it yes. was that way, you know, pretty much mm-hmm. all the way through the DVD era. But mm-hmm. yes, anyway, that's, that's not why we're here, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting a little geeky. Hey, well, don't forget, folks. What? Okay, 2024, 2025 is the 30th anniversary. 30th of the anthology. Okay, oh and, and, and there's an opportunity to improve right. on Lennon's vocals for those yes. first two songs. That question was asked at the listening event that I went to. They yeah. didn't say. Were you at the same one with, with Mitch Axelrod, Erica? I'm not sure. I actually got there a bit late, so I okay didn't because I know there was. Mitch that. said there was a couple different uh, listening schedules. Yeah, there were two in the same day, so either okay, you know, afternoon right. or an evening. Right. Were there any others other than LA and New York, or is there you just the the lucky bees who get everything? Yeah, not that I know of. It's usually just where the studios are kind of situated. I'm right. surprised it wasn't a UK. Maybe there was a London event, but I think there was there one. was a UK and LA and New York, from my understanding. I know that there was a London event because the the London podcasts have already talked about it. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so it did happen, mm. and I think Giles was actually at the the one in London. But. I think you're right. right. I think I read that somewhere. So that leads us into the publicity. It was obviously on this compressed time frame. Did they do it right, or how? Could they have done it somewhat different? 
Well, I mean, we all knew what song the song was going to be, right? But they kept that under wraps for for whatever reason, um, which was really weird. I mean, it was particularly very weird. when when the copyright notice came out. It's like, okay, the cat's out of the bag, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, I guess I feel like in some ways they could have done it a bit better in that. Yeah, it just seemed very, this whole thing, very, like, even though, you know, Paul let the cat out of the bag, you know, earlier when, when the, you know, during the uh, publicity uh, tour for the lyrics book, I just feel like the, the, the publicity for this really didn't start until what? Just like, a, was it a few weeks ago? Something like that? A few weeks I'm, ago. I'm yeah. yeah. And right. I just feel like, you know, they could have built the anticipation for a little longer than that. It just felt like this all kind of came about really fast. Cause I mean, it, it, you know, I remember, I think we were talking about it, Tom, you know, and on talk more talk or, or behind the scenes. And I know, you know, Ed, we've talked about, no, you know, we're just kind of like, gee, you know, it's getting kind of close, um, you know, to Christmas and all that. When, when is this going to happen? Well, um, I mean, it was July the, we heard from Pendulet. We've talked about that. And that was the first real inkling. I mean, we we were all still expecting what Giles told us last year, that the box this year would be uh, Rubber Soul and Help. Right. right. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure Apple wanted to make sure that all the people on Hoppin' Forum were wrong about their predictions. So I guess that's probably <laughs> what they did. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it was Giles who actually said that in an interview. We're working backwards, and the next one is going to be Rubber right. Soul and Hell. It's going to be a twofer. Mm. So. Yeah. Because none of us would have predicted a twofer. Oh, no. One a year is, I think, yeah. a good pace. Uh, but if they want to speed it up, pay hey, more power to them. Yep. Well, and, and who knows if we're going to get that next year or not. Yeah, at mm. this point. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But, um, but yeah, so it just seemed like kind of a weird rollout, but, uh, but Erica went, sorry, but did we cut you off there? What did you think? Oh, no, I was, I was just wondering if they changed it around because they wanted to lean in so heavily to this idea of the last Beatles song of then and now they wanted to put Love Me Do on the back of the single. And if they're going to do that, then they have to kind of find a way to make Love Me Do a relevant thing to Mm. put on the single. So I wonder if yeah. that was their thinking. We haven't heard very much about it. So, Well, I mean, again, from what Giles says, that when Paul decided to do Now and Then, it, it, he also suggested, oh, this would be a perfect thing for a 50th anniversary of Red and Blue, which is a, a whole different kettle of fish. It's like, how is that right. perfect for Red and Blue? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we know that they've been working on this song forever because we saw that photo of uh, Paula Capitol with uh, all the musicians working on the orchestration arrangement. So, you know, they had plenty of time to figure this stuff out. That's very mysterious. I don't know. There's a book to be written. Perhaps yeah. when we're talking to Dr. Womack this weekend about his Mal book, we can suggest <laughs> do a book on yeah. the whole marketing and now yeah, and then. The <laughs> There you go. Get on that, Kit. Yeah, I'll get on that. (laughs) Uh, Do we all think that the cassette is probably the best image which comes out of the marketing? 
Yes, I do. Yes, yeah. because it's so retro to the cassettes of the '80s that I bought um, as I was buying them. You know, buying the CDs and the cassettes. I just love that the smaller box in the in the cassette with the with the Beatles uh, above it. I, I'm so excited. Mine's shipped uh, from you know it's coming from Tennessee, so I, I can't wait to get that sucker in my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, it you know, it's a visual summary of the story, you know, that it was a demo and, and Yoko gave Paul the cassette and, you know, that sort of thing. So it also summarizes the story behind this, right. you know, quotes, lost demo. And, uh, but yeah, it also is kind of has the retro sort of uh, thing going. And, right. and so, yeah, that was a, a, a very clever image to, to, for, you know, to promote the single. I like that. I was surprised that wasn't the cover art. Me too. Mm. Agreed. Mm. That should have been. 100%. Yeah. That cover art is pretty um, underwhelming. <laughs> Let's talk about the evolution <laughs> cover art. Uh, do we think that all of these things that people are finding in it are actually there? It still comes off to me and pretty much everyone else I've spoken to. Oh, yeah. Someone just went and typed the letters in Microsoft Word and angled them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ed Ruge's designs look like that. The funny thing, right now in New York City, Ed Ruge has a retrospective exhibition of his lifetime of artwork at the MoMA right now. Oh, wow. um, It's actually called um, Now Then. (laughs) 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 It's based on a book that he wrote in 2005, I think, called Then and Now or something like that. But it's... If you if you you see it around the city, and there was actually one that looked very similar to the cover art, but the the text on it was just oof, O O F. Yeah, I'm like oh, I'm like it does not say everything. I saw it in the train this weekend. I'm like oh my god. Right. <laughs> there's, there's another one that has the end on it, which is also that sort of lettering on a blue canvasy looking design behind it. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah he's very simplistic. Do- uh, artist, mm-hmm. very simplistic. I mean, I do like the lines, how they're the exact same diagonal as the Red and Blue albums as they're taking the picture for that cover. So, you know, the lines match that. But other than that, I mean, I really don't find anything very creative. No, the lines matching allow me to accept it. Yes. That theory yeah, exactly. lets yeah. it in my mind. Yeah. Otherwise, before that, right. I was like, what is this? So, what <laughs> Now the back, on the other hand, yeah, that's um, okay. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't like it so much, but you guys heard the story about yeah. that. Um, yeah, now it makes more sense when you hear the story. Hmm. No, you you haven't heard the story yet, Tom. No, I have not. Okay, so so the deal is that image was something that George Harrison picked up, and he just happened upon this image, and he right. liked it, and so he bought the painting. Well, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Ed, he was at Providence, Rhode Island. Said, yeah, okay. and, and Danny at the time, this was back in 97, Danny was a, a student at Brown University. Ah, that explains why he was yeah. there shopping around. Yeah. Oh, my home state, I wish I ran into him. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of these art pieces that he picked up with a Beatles now and then, the time mm-hmm. clock and a little picture of the Beatles at the bottom, as you know, as you see in the artwork. Right. So he was probably attracted to it. So, you know, he picked it up, he took it home, and it went into his collection at Friar Park. And so what happened? You got a phone call, right? Years later, Olivia was going through George's art, cataloging it or something, and she got to this piece, and she was looking at this piece and thinking about this piece, and a phone call comes in. 
Mm-hmm. It is Sir Paul saying, oh, you remember that song that we were working on? I, I want to pick it up again. You know, is, is it all right with you? And they apparently talked for a little bit and she agreed to it. And then when she hung up the phone, she looked down at the painting and those okay. words are on the painting. The, wow. the now and then are on the painting. And it's like, okay, that's it. This is kismet. George yes. wanted this to happen. <laughs> kismet indeed. Yeah. So, so we had three options for the cover and they chose that. That again, <laughs> this is another chapter for the marketing book. I want to know why these other two images have such a great story that ties into the whole thing they're trying to convey. I know. Right. Why? I know. I, I know. I don't get it. I mm. mean, yeah, why didn't they use the image that's on the back cover and the front cover? And they had that great story with it. I mean, yes. What? <laughs> this whole rollout has been about the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will mention one thing, which I did mention on Kit Show the other evening. It's funny that they are hitting the this is the last Beatles song ever so hard when, well, you go to the end of Anthology. What does Ringo spend the last five minutes of Anthology telling us? Well, we weren't sitting around thinking... This is the oh, last tape. That's true. This is this is the last bit of drums I'm going to play on a Beatles song. This is the last okay. photo session. No, no, we we just thought it would all continue. It's like that. There's some irony for you. Yep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not Look. done yet, folks. It could be another demo, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> it could be another Lennon demo just mysteriously appear. Carnival light. Problem is, George <laughs> is not with us now, so. Right. I guess to I that have a extent, fanfic yeah. fantasy that George and John went on some kind of writer's retreat another second lost weekend and we have a demo tape that they made together and somebody unearths it and then Paul and Ringo can play on and then we get another Beatles song. It's pretty <laughs> right. But you know what? I mean, if they can use a, a Lennon de- vocal demo, why couldn't, let's say, Danny find some guitar solo demos uh, in, in, in his catalog that could have been maybe uh, incorporated into in, into a this release or a future release. But even mm. if they do that, that is not legitimately the four offering input on this song. Th- that, yeah. that is what this is so special about. What they I, would have to that. find is like, you know, a John and George thing from Get Back, which, well, that we know that's not going to happen because John never played on any of George's songs from that <laughs> era. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Were they to find something, I think the only space where that might have happened was during the Ringo session, mm-hmm. when the three of them were together. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The original Threedles. Yeah, that's right. The, <laughs> there might be an outtake or something that they could put together. That's a good point. Yeah, that could work. Mm-hmm. And, and as a tiny bit of a spoiler to those of you who are just getting into the Mal Evans book, I believe Ken actually mentions that John and George worked together on one of Mal Evans's songs. Yeah, I know you you've read it, Kid. Yeah. Am I misremembering? Or? I think I think that's correct. Um, yeah, you know, I have to go back and reread it, but I think you're right. I think there was uh, a session. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! I haven't got to that part yet. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I love we, these we, tweezers. I just got mine today. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to have Dr. Womack with us, well, soon. real soon now. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you haven't gotten your copy of the book, get it. And we are not going oh, to hold back wait. on spoilers. <laughs> uh, Let's just talk briefly about the songs. I really want to talk more about the videos by itself in isolation. I mean, I've already kind of expressed my feelings. It's a production tour de force. There's some yes. really great bass playing but all in all 
it's still the demo, which it was before. No, it was a demo, but you know, and it, it's kind of dark too because mm-hmm. he, uh, John Lennon is using a lot of uh, minor chords, mm-hmm. and it has that darkness to it, uh, remnants of you know a lot of his songs from the early seventies. Imagine, um, I think. But I, I like it. I really do. And I've only listened to it probably a dozen or two dozen times already. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> and it's growing on me. Initially, it didn't. It is definitely yeah, growing man. on me. You know, you, you, you start humming it and it's like, what? wait, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Especially I since I resubscribed to Apple Music and now right. it's on uh, Atmos. Oh, mm. that's a whole different story now. <laughs> uh, I must confess, I did listen to it on my phone at first, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? So I got online, got the headphones on, and then, then I was really blown away. And the opening, say what you will about the tone of the beginning of the song, but once Paul and John sing Love You, I mean, it just goes off into a wonderful place, and uh, that's where the production really uh, takes off and the magic is there. Now and then I miss you. There's no getting around that. I think it really comes into its own just about one minute. As soon as yes. Ringo comes in with that fill, you're like, oh yeah, this is a big yes. song. And it yeah, just builds right. and builds from there. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest disappointment for me is that uh, George inspired solo. However, what's going on in the background during that solo, again, is is just pure magic as well. I just love you know, all those backing vocals you hear, what was it from Because? And I think what from here. Yeah, uh, just beautiful how they were able to incorporate that into the song. It's a four-minute song, but I was right. really, really expecting at the end to have a reprise. Hmm. Yeah. As it, as it kind of climaxed down to those drum beats, and I was like, where's the ending? And it just ended. Right. You know? Yeah, uh, that's a good point, Lonnie. I was expecting kind of a bigger ending too i mean yeah some kind of a reprise or or yeah something a bit like maybe mm-hmm. what they did uh with free as a bird or, yes or something. yeah i was expecting exactly that yeah i i agree and i agree with you tom about the guitar solo i talked about this on the show uh with Ed the other night that yeah i i mean that's kind of where i really miss george because mm-hmm. i you know george right. would have nailed that solo oh that, of course you know, yeah. Uh, obviously, he would have done an incredible slide. And, you know, it wasn't a bad solo or anything, but it just... No. And, and you know, and I don't know if it was just kind of buried in the mix, or I'm, I'm not sure, but it just, you know, was fine. But, uh, but yeah, but kind of underwhelming, you know. Love the string arrangement. Um, oh, okay. That was beautiful. Also, as you said, Tom, the harmonies, you know, I could definitely mm-hmm. pull out the because. Uh, 
But I also understand there's um, uh, Eleanor Rigby in there. I have not I been think, able to find that. Yeah, um, Mitch I, was also saying here, there, and everywhere as yes. well. Yeah, I've heard L- listen, to the, listen to the isolated either. one on yeah. YouTube. Uh, yeah. you, you can very definitely pick out where the pieces are. Now I'm dead. I miss you. Oh, now. And then I want you to be there for me. The because piece is not disguised at all. No, uh, the no. other ones are a little bit uh, are a little bit right. disguised. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So I I love that, and boy, and I love the I am the walrus esque. Yes, um, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Cellos was like, that cellos? Maybe I think so. Yeah, and you just think, oh man. There's the Beatlesque stuff yes. right there. Love that. I I would say you know, and I think many of you have been saying it, it's a grower. Um, you know, first time I heard it, I was kind of yeah, you know, wasn't really overwhelmed at first. Um, you know, but upon different listens and definitely the video, which we'll get to in a minute, really enhances the song. I mean, I've I've really grown to like it more since I've seen the video. I mean, right. the video for, drives that those lyrics home. Right for for me, it's just it's just more energetic of the three. Uh, you know, when I think Beatles, you, you know, you think energy, you think of those, you know, energetic early '60s those songs. And for me, this has more of that than say like "Freeze a Bird," where it's just you know, you know, every three seconds, you know, Ringo hits the drum. You know, it's just really. Not as energetic, you know, free as a bird in real love, but but as as the song progresses, I, I really appreciate what Paul and and, and Giles uh, did for the song. It does highlight, though, the absence of George. You know, yeah. not only not yeah. only the guitar solo, which I think you know, I think he did a great thing in doing a tribute and and putting that yes. there, but yes. it's not George. And if you do compare it to Free as a Bird, that was driven by that yeah. slide guitar. Yeah. And, yeah. Also, George just didn't have a lot of parts to salvage, so we didn't get to hear very much of him. Right. And I think that the absence was just well, so noted. I agree. Yeah, but if you listen into the left speak, like if you have headphones on, you listen to the left left side, or I, I can't. Well, no, I think it's the right side. Now <laughs> I'm confused. You 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 <laughs> do hear some funky George going on in the background. I think it's the 141 marker. Um, that you do, you will hear some stuff if you're listening to on headphones. Yeah, it's that rhythm guitar, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yes. yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I think I know yeah. what you're talking about too. But mm-hmm. but I agree, Erica. I mean with Paul, I don't mean to put down Paul with that guitar solo. The the intentions were the best. I mean they really yes. were. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he's not George. <laughs> you know, that's that's I'm sorry. He isn't. Right. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. I agree with you hundred and ten percent. 110%. Then to take a, a note from what we do on Top or Most, apologies to Jeff Lynn fans. Yes. Oh my goodness, I am so glad that Jeff Lynn was nowhere near Ringo's drums on <laughs> yes. the <Agreed>. song. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, if you want, if you remember in the ELO documentary, he did say that he was going to, you know, nick uh, Jeff Lynn and finish the song. Uh, if I guess you guys also remember what uh, he said, what George's uh, opinion about the song was. I don't know if we can swear on this show or not, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll just reverse yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's effing rubbish, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do we believe, Olivia, that he that George was actually primarily referring to the sound quality or do we think that he was actually talking about the song i think a little bit of both i mean you go back and listen to that demo you listen to that hiss that they played during the documentary i can see how he was just like sod this i'm done you can't separate the two in 1994 like you can now so he couldn't have you know conceived of what happened yeah. And he didn't want to be there. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we, all, we, all, we all know that he did anthology for the money. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in a mood, uh, let's just say, <laughs> at that point. Well, look, I mean, you look at that footage in the documentary. I mean, it does look like there was some pleasant moments for him. Oh, sure. It wasn't all all bad. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all remember the hug from Free as a Bird. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's no way you can say that it was all a bad time, but I I think you can pretty definitively say that George didn't really want to be there. Yeah. Well, if he didn't get screwed over by his business partner, uh, he he might not have. Yeah, true. All right. So we mentioned the stereo mixes. Vellani mentioned it briefly. The Atmos mixes are tremendous. I know Kit hasn't heard it. I guess Tom, you haven't heard them either. There's there's probably zero point zero 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 one percent of people that have listened to it, and I am not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so we'll, we will we will discuss them briefly. Uh, what you will want to do is go on YouTube. There's a 30 minute video where someone has actually separated out the Atmos pieces and then done a little bit of uh, machine learning on that to separate out the parts from the Atmos mix. That will give you an idea of what's in the Atmos mix. Okay. It is very, very good. Uh, The Atmos mix is significantly better than the stereo mix to my ears. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's much of a, it's a brilliant, very clear. And it, and and it's just like Atmos uh, as it, as Atmos is described as, it is just swirling around mm-hmm. your your head. <laughs> you know, it, it's very good. And I was actually able to hear who was doing the intro, the count off. Really? Oh, Paul. Ooh, there's a Paul. You know, right. yeah, and it's clear. It's it's a lot clearer than the uh, than the the other streaming services. And and you can hear the three in there on the Atmos version, which right. you can't you can't <laughs> on the other ones. The other ones are just one, two, and then it fades out. And on the uh, Atmos versions, it's is one, two, three. And now Erica got to hear it on studio speakers in an Atmos studio. Yeah. I think my uh, podcast co-host Allison put it best. I have never dropped acid, but I think, I, I think I know what it's like after sitting through an Atmos. <laughs> you feel like you are just being nice. taken for that ride by the music. Wow. It's outstanding. Very cool. Uh, and then love me do. Who would have guessed that they'd been be able to do that? The Atmos mix of Love Me Do is a treat. The hand claps, the Paul's bass, and I mean, that's one of the few one of the few bass lines that I can actually play reasonably well. It's like, oh, that's what he's doing. Wow, <laughs> I I love the stereo mix. I mean, I I just um, I was knocked out when I heard that. I mean, it just jumps through the speakers, the energy, the brightness, the clarity. Oh. I mean, I was even more excited about that. 
<laughs> and then now and then when I first heard it, I mean, if that's an indication of what other, the, you know, other mixes are going to sound like when we get them of the early stuff, sign me up. Kit, we're going to buy you the uh, AirPods for Christmas. I know you've been the, threatening the, the, to the do jam. that. I, I, we're that. All you have to do is subscribe to Apple music. All right. Well, maybe, maybe we'll have a deal. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, and, and and Dr. Womack is also going my way. He is going to get the AirPods Max, which are the, the over-ear version, which is my preferred. Wow. My preferred is actually the uh, is actually in front of my stereo, but as far as beyond that, the preferred is through the AirPods Max. Again, to geek out just briefly, it knows where the front of your head is and how far apart your ears are, so it's wow. not like you have to be Jesus. in the sweet spot. It automatically puts you in the sweet spot. Wow, that's nice. kind of creepy, but kind of cool. <laughs> There's a GPS to your brain. Yeah, that's, <laughs> nice. yeah, that's, that's kind of creepy, but that, but yeah, hey. Hey, technology, doing crazy things. Yeah. Lonnie, have you opened your 12-inch Target uh, single yet? Are yes, you going sir. To? Yes, sir. Yeah. I, okay. It's it's a I'm done debating. deal. <laughs> I'm debating on whether or not to open it. I'm or keeping not. my blue vinyl sealed. I bought that today. Okay. And then okay. I've got the marble vinyl coming in the mail. Yeah. I'm going to keep that sealed. Mm, same here. Nice. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Love the marble. Oh, the yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on the marble. Yeah. I bought the clear vinyl because I, like I like clear vinyl. <laughs> Well, you know, the yep. McCartney 2 clear vinyl is really cool. So I, I, I probably mm -hmm. will go back and buy the clear vinyl if it's still available. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm waiting for the blue vinyl and the <laughs> Target in the mail. So Excellent. Yep. yep. There's colors for all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> colors rainbow. McCartney 3 all, right, all over on, again. Yep. On to the documentary. I, I think that's one of the few things that everybody pretty much agrees on, that, that the documentary is very good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, it gives you a nice overview of the whole story and um, you know the story behind it, which I mean we all know. But uh, but it's a it's a good overview of it. And uh, boy, that moment when all the sound drops out and then you just hear John's yes, good voice. Point. Holy cow! That was that was really a, an incredible moment. I mean, my mouth literally dropped when I was watching yes. that. And and they had that. I mean, it just really showed you you know, what technology can do. And, and it just was startling, you know, in your mm -hmm. head. Yeah. And you definitely get a sense that this is Paul's baby, really the whole project, oh, because sure. he just dominates, yes. he dominates the narration on this. Um, but I just had a big smile on my face when I saw Peter Jackson in the archives, just holding up this little reel and just going, man, I wonder what this, what is in this canister <laughs> and just <laughs> man i wish i was him for for five minutes <laughs> they were so happy that he's a big he's a beatles fan yes so that's the yes. main well, thing really that just no drives more movies it. for yeah no more <laughs> movies for peter jackson it's all beatles work for here on out that's right screw lord of the rings who cares yes <laughs> <laughs> there's enough hours of lord of the rings <laughs> read the book there's only eight of Get Back. We have to make it. <laughs> well, I think he is probably going to be doing something else. I don't know what. Yes. I mean, the the what what is likely what is rumored is he's going to go back and dig into the first U.S. visit because there is almost as much footage of that as there was Get Back footage. Yes. And then now we know that there's 14 hours of 95 footage sitting out there. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. I also yeah. had heard a rumor that he might actually even be working on the uh, the the George's seventy four tour, whatever mm-hmm. that's worth. That would be reasonable. I mean, we know yeah. that that whole thing exists. Yes, that they did film that whole thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I wish he'd work on the Star Club tapes. I don't know if that'll ever happen. <laughs> oh yeah, but, oh, yeah. Please. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how much better he could get it than the the Lord Reith version, which is out there. Lord Reith is is our pirate connection, who, who has basically Giles Martin esque skills. He's done a version which is easily the best version of the Star Club tapes, and he has just started uh, on a new version of the star club tapes because he's got a new way to bring the vocals to the fore he has a version of the stow school tape which is actually very very listenable it was always kind of and eh, eh, what's going on here yeah his you can make out pretty much everything oh cool it's always funny when a fan can do something better than a legit studio <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I remember when uh, the movie The Irishman came out and you had, they had all that de-aging of the, of the characters and somebody on YouTube just did it better than what Martin Scorsese <laughs> did. You know, how was wow. that possible? Uh, unlimited amount of computer time? I mean, it may be much yeah, slower than so. what the studios <laughs> use, but, but you just right. let it crank for two weeks and it's like, right. whereas they only had a half a day to make this effect shot work. Hmm. Wow. I like the yellow submarine and, and the time and the clock kind of showing the passage of time. Right. And, yes. Uh, I think the I way agree. they used yeah. cuts, too, was brilliant. Good point. You didn't see any footage from that year until that year was displayed. And then once we get to another stage, once we go from the Beatles era now to 1994, then they start seamlessly interweaving anthologies. Yes. And Ooh. the way that once they got to the end where they can use all of it, they they did this really interesting thing where Paul or Ringo would narrate about a topic. Uh, the Hoffner was one. I think Drinking Tea was another. The um, Drums mm. was another. And they would cut to different versions of the Beatles in different eras doing the same yes. thing. So it was Ringo drumming in time in you know, four different eras of his life. And it, it just it gave this this kind of, you know, time loop multiverse sort of feeling that I think we'll probably talk about in the video too, where they're all living side by side with us right now. Yeah. And it's crazy. And it's so hard to get your head around that when you see those images. Yeah, that was a favorite moment of mine when you saw Ringo uh, drumming the bit to the song. Yeah, from you know now and then, and then even even earlier. So that was great. And that was not a Peter Jackson thing. That was done by a different director, a director who grew up on a sheep farm. I just love that bit of trivia. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. If you love great music documentaries, then really, who doesn't? I've got one to put on your watch list. It's called Ronnie's, and it chronicles the life and times of British jazz saxophonist Ronnie Scott and the world-famous club that he started in London decades ago and which is still going strong today. Directed by Oliver Murray. It's been a strange kind of release schedule of, of, of this film. I think we're, I think we're probably accidentally going for the record for the longest possible kind of drawn out release you could imagine he grew up on a sheep farm paul must have loved that yeah. <laughs> well, well, motivation. 
not every day you can talk sheep with someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen to the McCartney podcast. There's an entire episode where he talks about the, his Scottish farm, and he, he goes on a, a, for a good long while about shearing sheep by hand. Wow. Yeah. Fabulous. So, all right, uh, we're going to close out with the video itself. As you can tell, we're all really, really happy with how the video turned out. Before we start giving our opinions, a lot of people are kind of, you know, what the heck is this? They're almost angry about the interjection of the humor into the video. I don't get it. What is there to be angry about? You know, what did they want the whole thing to be somber? I mean, that's not, you know, what the Beatles were about. I mean, I think if it had been just sad and you know, right. somber throughout, I mean, you know, it would have been just so depressing because the song itself is so, you know, kind of melancholy and everything. I mean, the Beatles were about humor too. And yes. yeah, I mean, you know, and, I think it also fit in with, you know, we've seen footage of the Beatles in the studio. They were always kidding around. Good you point. Know, so, yeah, and I think that Peter Jackson was also trying to kind of capture that as well. Their humor in general, but also how they were in the studio with each other. And Paul looking back, kind of, and, you know, remembering the times that they were kind of goofing around in the studio. And also, it wasn't disrespectful. I mean... Right. You, you, you it's look ridiculous. at all those press conferences back in the Beatlemania days and the, and the photo shoots. And what, I mean, they're all laughing, having a great time. So I, I don't get it either. I really don't get it. I think it was the master stroke of the video in, in the way that it juxtaposed the sadness against the joy and the times against one another. I mean, that, I think that was the thing for many of us who really lost it at that point when, they, when mm. we started seeing it. That was the feeling mm -hmm. that was coming up. Yeah, my first go around with the video when I first saw it was I was a little confused, uh, so I took another. Obviously, watched it again, and it, it's you know it was like a celebration of life. Right. Uh, uh, they're claiming this is the last Beatles song. Well, so be it, and and it's a celebration of life. You yes. see all these these happy things in there. You got it. And the cross well time streams are actually only about half the video. You know, it doesn't come in until about the minute and a half mark, yeah. and it kind of fades out at the three and a half minute mark it, it, when you're going on to other things. Right. I think that the image of Lennon looking out into the horizon, uh, uh, you know, that was really uh, a great moment um, for me seeing that as, as a, you know, what could have been uh, type of thing. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I got as emotional as, as a lot of people did. I think I was just like purely excited uh, for it. So it didn't really hit me in an emotional way like it did for some, but you, you know, you never know. I could be watching it, you know, you know, six months from now and then it's, then it will hit me in, a, in an emotional way. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it was masterfully done for sure. Yeah, I wasn't and, emotional, and, Tom, until I saw other people get an emotion, emotional yeah, right. on YouTube. It's like, the, the oh my gosh. The reaction <laughs> videos, yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't necessarily believe those reaction videos anyways. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really didn't hit me until the third viewing, because the first viewing I actually yeah. saw on my phone, and, and you know, and right. I finally was able to sit down with headphones with my laptop, and for some reason, it was the third viewing, you know, and seeing Paul sitting in the, the control booth and being surrounded by, you know, himself and yeah. the other younger Beatles and, and, you know, right. and then that last, whatever it is, 30 seconds. And I mm. finally was like, 
damn you, Peter Jackson. Damn you. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're Chuck Hessen at the end of uh, Planet of the Apes. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of can't believe the, the Paul and Ringo, the current Paul and Ringo bits were literally filmed on an iPhone. Yeah, Peter Jackson, they had asked him, how did you manage that? And it's like, oh, well, you know, we had all this other footage and I needed some current footage, obviously not the stuff with the orchestra, but it's like the stuff with Paul in his studio and Ringo in his studio. They just set up their iPhones and filmed for about an hour of them (laughs) playing and sent me that footage. Right, wow. it's not surprising because I mean, if you kept up, keep up on you know, like you know, news of cinema. I mean, people are making films with their iPhones. Yep. I mean, they might be independent, but, but, but I mean, <laughs> they're, it's being done. <laughs> Amazing. Let's start into the video. the The video yeah. starts out with with Paul strapping on his acoustic guitar, and then we yeah. you know kind of see them turning on the tape machine. I've seen them do things like that before, and then it, it kind of cuts to Paul with the Hoffner, and then. The question that Lonnie has here, we have a shot of someone who is right. probably Lennon sitting in a windowsill looking out. I think that right. may be a Bermuda, some Bermuda footage. You think so? Yeah. Uh, my first thought was, you know, the, the movie yesterday. Yes. <laughs> at, I, I at the end, you know? Well. Yes. Did, did you? As well. Is yes, it could I be did. the same actor, you know? <laughs> it, it, that came to my mind, but yeah. I mean, for for I've only watched the video once, to be honest with you, and that I I think that is really Lennon. I mean, you're right. Uh, was that Ed or Lonnie that said the you know maybe Bermuda? I can't talk. Bermuda, Bermuda, yeah. Bermuda footage, yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, somebody on. I I can't remember who said it, but somebody on Facebook thought it was a Bermuda picture, mm. but okay, don't know. That makes sense. And I just don't think Peter Jackson would use a stand-in. Mm-hmm. And he has specifically said that. No no actors, no doubles, no okay. CGI. Right. It sort of zooms out of that picture. And we start into this you know, cross time streams thing a little bit. Although it's, it's like this figure of John is dreaming of the past, to uh, borrow a phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we get a little bit of the, the Dezo Hoffman, the old-timey swimsuit footage that we're all familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> Then that then fades back to current old Paul and old Ringo. Mm-hmm. More of the tape machine than stuff from the anthology with uh, Paul, George, and Ringo together from 95. Then a shot from the Whatever Gets You Through the Night video shoot that we're all oh, pretty yeah. familiar with. John mm-hmm. in, in the black suit with the hat with the feather on it. Right. Yeah, I thought it was interesting yeah. that he used that footage, but you know, I guess he wanted to use... And I use older in quotes, uh, older John, you know, and that is great footage. Yeah, and that naughty five footage is really nice. Yeah, really and and clearly and restored. Yeah. Yes. Really yes. nice. Well, I, I'm hearing people complain about that too because he denoised it a lot. I mean, and he did, but mm-hmm. I don't mind. No, I don't either. Looks no. beautiful. Uh, notice what John is standing in front of in that whatever gets you through the night footage. It's, it is something very particular. The, uh, the movie placard, right? Yeah, the Sgt. Pepper. It was the Broadway show. Right. Pre the film, he and May, if you've seen the May Pang film, she talks about this a little bit. They had went to the premiere of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band On the Road, hmm. which wow. was the Broadway play which 
more or less became uh, the Sgt. Pepper Bee Gees musical. Mm-hmm. John and May were at the premiere of it, and the, May has a long story about Yoko coming in, and we won't go into that there. You right. can listen, you can go and see May's film if you want to know that story, but it's the... Right. Don't deviate it. Don't deviate. Yep, yep. Don't do it. <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs> but for this video, that was interesting. He pulled the one shot where, you know, we're all more familiar with the stuff of him in Central Park and playing with the cups with the gamblers, looking for the ball and yep. dancing around in, in the bandstand and, and kind of having fun. It's, it's interesting that he picked a relatively static shot of him just in front of the marquee. Yeah. And that's one we mm-hmm. haven't seen before. I've never seen that. Yeah. As, yeah I've seen never. it in the outtakes. I think okay. it's in one of the alternate versions of the Imagine okay. documentary. You know, there's about six <laughs> versions of that as well. The yeah. fan edit, right? Because <laughs> they kept re-editing that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that then fades into a 1980 shot of John Lennon. Possibly a Dakota shot. It may have been one of the Japan shots. He is... Not clean shaven. He's he's got the beard and looking a little bit tired. Well, I mean, he had a relatively young child at that point in time, (laughs) and he was really thin too. Not being clean shaven is quite the theme in this video. We'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Hence McCartney. (laughs) I've never seen him with stuff. It was so. It was so pandemic. It was so uh, late twenty twenty one, early twenty (laughs) twenty (laughs) two. Okay, so that then goes into Paul and George from 1995 sitting there with two guitars, and we really Mm. kind of now start to go into the effects shots. Paul and Ringo current, uh, which goes into some John and George from Shea. Always good to see that footage. Of course. (laughs) Then a close-up of George. I think that's from 63. Some people think that that may be from his... September of 63, visit to New York City. It, that is definitely New York City in the background. I didn't know that there was any film footage of that. Yeah, that, that really caught my eye. Yeah. I had heard that his brother Peter yeah. filmed that. Ooh. Ah, okay. That uh, That is some footage that I've never seen before. Yeah. Me either. And I'm surprised his sister didn't find a way to make some money off of that. <laughs> Another. <laughs> no, we don't know. Wow. No, we, well. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Uh, then a mm. shot of John dancing. Who is this woman that John is dancing, uh, not with, but kind of next to? It's not anybody that I recognize. I couldn't tell either. So, yeah, I can't help you there. Then then we go into the hardcore effect shot. It's the one that everyone loves and everyone is capping for their yes. pics on Facebook. Current Paul and Ringo with the uh, Hello Goodbye, right. John and George. Great, great mm-hmm. shot. I love that. That was just beautiful. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, into a couple shots with the uh, pepper-suited Hello Goodbye. So there's basically three fundamental elements they're using. They're using the multiple Hello Goodbye, you know, the, the pepper-suited and the non-pepper-suited footage. They're using the 95 footage. They're using Paul's new footage, and they're using Ringo's new footage. Those are kind of what they're using as the basis of all the effect shots. Yeah. Do they work I- together? Yeah, I, I really like to appreciate the, the the incorporation of the Hello Goodbye video. I mean, it's such a fun video. I mean, where else do you see them in a video wearing the Sgt. Pepper suits? I mean, that's the only one, isn't it? And who knows? It may have also been a technical reason. I mean, it may have just worked best mm. 
as well for oh, good point. Yeah. Peter Jackson's purposes. I mean, that may have been another mm-hmm. reason. And bonus that they had the pepper costumes and also even with them in the, the quotes, normal clothes. I mean, you know, it, they also just look so great in that video too, because they had, I mean, it was the, the height of 60 psychedelic kind of clothes. So they look great right. on top of it. But I, as I said, I also wonder if it was for technical reasons. It just may have worked well for well, you know, pulling out those images. Right. Plus it's a wide shot, right? So you can, you yeah. can incorporate different images in, you know, into the, well, whether they're just, you know, in the Sergeant Pepper suits or in the plain clothes, just dancing and goofing around. Yeah, because it really did work well, you know, when yes. they were able to insert Paul and Ringo in today. Right. And shot, yeah. That was really cool. Right. I mean, it, sh- it shows you how far we've come since Forrest Gump. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Deidre was uh, so happy to s- see how many different Beatles fashions find their way into this video. Oh, I hmm. bet. All right, so that is then followed by uh, the pepper-suited George running across the 1995 George. I I, I like that <laughs> intersection of the two of them. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder if then, uh, younger George would tell would tell older George to lighten up, but uh, I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, more of the pepper-suited John and George uh, with the. Uh, current Paul and Ringo. This time the background is the Hello Goodbye set rather than the uh, McCartney studio set. Hmm. This is the uh, this is my favorite part. Yeah. I agree. Okay. We go into the Capitol Studios and we see the orchestra. Right. Yeah, I I, I really dig uh, John behind that podium there. That, that's some of my favorite stuff. Uh, you know, behind there and goofing off, it's great. Yeah, just being a ham. Yep. Yeah. They were all just yep. being hams. Yeah. As I said, it you know, earlier in the show, Paul looking like he's kind of, you know, smiling at him and kind of, you know, looking like he's remembering, you know, mm. maybe crazy times in the studio. And I mean, really nice, really effective. We get a shot of Paul and Giles behind the glass. They didn't find any way to fit George Martin in here. I would have liked to have had that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good point. Mm. Yes. So he really didn't do anything right in for the anthology uh, sessions. I, I mean, I can understand why they did, but it would have been nice because of his, you know, such a big role, uh, you know, in those eight years. Yeah, I, I think he probably should have. They probably should have yeah. put him in there somewhere. He was in a documentary. <laughs> yeah, well, not in the music He's video. Talk, I mean, yeah. uh, they could have affected some get back stuff if they wanted to, but right. maybe Peter Jackson wanted to stay away oh, from yeah. that a little bit. <laughs> Burnt oh, out on get back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. that they that they could have done is you know something with right. Let it be, Paul and current Paul in front of him playing the bass with maybe that scene where George Martin is leaning on the piano. That might have been putting those three elements together. Might have been really kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to see George Martin leaning on the piano, watching Giles conduct or something like that. Oh, that, that, oh, that would have been that would have been great. Erica, good. Yeah. Don't you want to yeah. cry more? I was going to say waterworks, waterworks. <laughs> that would have been a crying moment right there. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> would have been the most emotional part of the whole video if that yeah. happened. Oh my God! They should have. Apple should have called you, where Erica. That would have been <laughs> fan cut coming soon. Yes. <laughs> we talked about how the fans do it better than the professionals. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it's really the John acting funny stuff that, that people seem to be complaining about. We now go into Paul's, a brief shot in Paul's studio with 
the Hello Goodbye John and George and current Paul and Ringo. And John from the Hello Goodbye video is is dancing and pointing at Paul. I love that. Yeah, actually. that's mm. funny. Come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Because don't you think if John's spirit was actually there, that's probably what he'd be doing. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, yeah. he'd be having so much fun. Right. Exactly. Well, and he would also be shouting out as many nasty things as he could possibly think. <laughs> <Right>. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's no evidence out there saying that he wouldn't have wanted any of this to happen. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he, he definitely would. I, I think that's a good point. I mean, you know, him and a younger John, you know, pointing, you know, again, you know, an older Paul or, or vice versa, however it was. Uh, that is so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's keeping, we're keeping right in character. Yes. Well, and that's what Sean kind of says in the documentary was that, you know, his dad would have loved it. Right. Yep. And I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we, we can't say with any degree of accuracy, but Sean has a better idea than we do. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. Then the bit that, that Tom likes, uh, John yeah. hammy it up behind the conductor's podium with the orchestra. See, you can tell I only watched the video once because I don't know where any of this stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they got the eye lines to match. Mm-hmm. The, that the orchestra is just kind of looking at, what's this guy doing? Right. <laughs> it was so good. Yep. I mean, it's, it's just so perfect. Mm-hmm. More of current Paul behind the glass, into the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. The first time that we get to... Beatles crossing each other. Well, I guess we did have the two Georges cross each other. We got current Paul and the uh, hello goodbye Paul <laughs> behind the glass now together with uh, with George there. Hello goodbye Paul is, is just goofing around. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was nice. So that was funny. Yeah, I love it. And that one really worked visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you guys find this more eye candy pleasing than say the video for free as a bird where you had all those older images intertwining with each other uh, free as a bird is almost kind of where's waldo to me yes mm. yeah it was full of easter eggs and kind of a puzzle right. and yeah like oh i see that reference i see that reference right. yeah this isn't quite the same thing yeah. yeah this is almost like a live action version of the yellow submarine yeah (laughs) you're right (laughs) well you kind of have have all this stuff going on uh right so we're out of the solo more of john goofing around with the orchestra then uh we get some scenes where the background is now ringo studio rockabella west and we get hello goodbye ringo and current ringo playing together in rockabella west that's the other bit of video that everyone really likes out of this clip yeah that's a great moment mm-hmm. that's a great moment too back to the hello goodbye backdrop uh, current paul and ringo with the uh hello goodbye john george and ringo so you got two ringos there this is where george and paul are walking away with the symbols yeah i love that part okay that's, yeah. yeah that's fun that's that's you know really uh that's cute you will notice that Ringo is playing, that current Ringo is playing the giant kit from Hello Goodbye. Mm-hmm. That was one of the deals in the Hello Goodbye video was that the size of his drums kept changing magically. Yep. <laughs> I did, I so, did so notice. The, the bit that they use there is Ringo right. on the giant drums. <laughs> I, I, I did notice that in um, when, when they saw, when you see George... And and the the drum head that was behind them that was Susie and the Red Stripes. I did see see that they changed that drum head. 
And I can't remember if it was like the, what image it was. But when we watch the documentary, you see George uh, during the anthology sessions and um, you see him in front of a Susie and the Red Stripes uh, drum head. Uh, in the video, they, it, it's the same image, but they changed the image of the drum head. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, interesting. I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, let's take a look. And then from the dock, you see that Paul still has the driving rain drum head hanging. It's like, right. why, Paul? <laughs> oh, no. Somebody has to remember that album. In, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy pushing the amp away kind of reminds me of that little bit from the When They Was Fab video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when, when Elton yes. John kind of walks by. Oh, yeah. And, and you oh, yeah. see people walking by, and there's a guy who's pushing an amp in a very similar fashion to that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I don't know whether that was intentional or not, but uh, mm-hmm. th- then a little strange bit of animation, the the Penny Lane Beatles over uh, the pepper backdrop with very subtle animation going on in the backdrop. The Beatles in the red coats where they're just sort of smiling at each other, uh, well, slightly high maybe? <laughs> slightly. Just maybe. Just maybe. I don't know if they were Not ever maybe. slightly high. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you know, this is kind of out of the effect shot. So it's only half or even maybe slightly less than half that we're going through these big effect shots. We're putting current Paul and old Paul or current Paul and current Ringo together with Hello Goodbye George. That all kind of ends at this point. And, mm-hmm. and this is kind of a bridge between this end and the next section of the song. Yep. Really nice cleaned up footage from the final photo session, which... In addition to always looking scratchy, they always try and make it look even worse because, well, it's the end of the Beatles. We have to make this look sad and old, and and here it's just so vibrant and clear. Yeah. Right. Was awesome. was that was that ninety four sessions? Were those shot on video? It I think, was. I, I think, think they, they were. They really I, did yeah, I think this is great. I think they were up converted for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must have been because yeah, they look. Yeah, didn't they look great? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. Yeah, it's not HD for sure. No. Right. Yeah. I don't know if the, the anthology can be upgraded because of the fact that it was a lot of it was shot on video. The interviews will have to be up converted for sure. Okay. Uh, right. Now, how much they can up convert is a question because we don't know how good that video footage is. Right. Okay. You know, you can all, you can probably get it to 2K. 4K mm-hmm. might be a challenge. Uh, and well, you know, is and that, that is what a lot of people yeah. are already complaining about is that it looks a little bit unnatural, you know, because you're adding so much stuff that wasn't there in the right. original footage. Gotcha. The final photo session footage is followed by uh, Hey Jude footage, the paperback rider rain footage, Blackpool night out colorized Beatles come to town with the teddy bear, the, and then a couple shots of girls uh, some of them are from Hard Day's Night, some of them aren't, but it's all in mm-hmm. black and white. Right. Mm-hmm. Then the thing Peter Jackson likes to talk about, the Valentine's Day footage in the leathers, we only get about like three seconds of it. Yeah, really fast. I hope Peter Jackson fixes that whole footage because that was done on a hand-cranked camera. And one thing Peter Jackson has learned is how to speed-correct hand-cranked footage from his World War One dog. Oh, yeah, that well, was so- Crazy movie. Yeah. Was that what uh, Pete Best supplied? Yes. Yeah. Unless the Apple folks told Peter Jackson to say this was unreleased. We've had this footage for 10 years. It's been on YouTube Uh for at least five or six. Right. So, you know, it's not completely unreleased and it's certainly not unseen. No. Okay. But, okay, I'm I'm glad they they put it there. 
and, and now we kind of go into the last section of the video where they start kind of going back in time with still photos, which they again subtly animate. Yes, I noticed that. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty subtle, though. So, so they're zooming back over the Hard Day's Night crowd. This is not from the film. This is outtake footage. It's the upper balcony. In that audience was one Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Ah. I mean, you don't see him in this video, do you? <laughs> yeah, you actually probably do. Yeah, maybe. Because he was in the balcony. Okay. We've gotten stills of the outtakes where, where Phil has found himself. So I think this, is, this footage is the same uh, set of footage that they found those stills from. So, I mean, you know, granted, it's a 13-year-old boy surrounded by a bunch of girls. <laughs> oh, there he is. Yeah. yeah but, in a three-second shot. <laughs> if you go and look in the book and see where Phil has circled himself, it's like, I'm willing to bet that he is probably one of those faces in there. Yeah. Mm. For a minute there, when you said uh, about you know someone being in the shot, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna say the Sigourney Weaver from the Hollywood Bowl, as we learned from well, the uh, yeah there is the there Ron is Howard that, film, and then, and then of course there is the uh, Meryl Streep from Meryl Streep oh, yeah. Six, who may yeah. or may not be Meryl Streep. We mm. actually think she probably isn't. Mm. As we go through that, the animation gets a little bit worse, a little bit uncanny valley, particularly as you get to kind of the kid Beatles. Yeah. You get a 63 image, you get a, a, you know, in the leathers from 60, you get kind of a late teenage, more or less, when John met Paul. Then you got a, a kid Beatles, and the George in particular just doesn't look right to me. Yeah, I like the concept of going all the way back in time, but that, I felt it was a one misstep. It was just kind of like this, oh, Grandpa's got a hold of iMovie. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I feel as professional as the rest of it. It was yeah. just so off. It wasn't realistic in any way. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see why the animation was, you know, even necessary for those pictures. I mean, the, the subtle animation. I mean, why? You know. But, they liked but, it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just didn't love that. But yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. It was a, yeah, little surprisingly amateurish looking at the very end. But I mean, I like the concept. A lot, but yeah, just a little bit. I, I agree, Erica, missed up, missed up toward the end. It fades out with the She Loves You, the end of the concert from Hard Day's Night, where they're playing She Loves You. They, they do the deep bow, and then all four of them just fade out in unison. Now, of course, that's a very long-standing thing, again, for End of the Beatles. Going back to Complete Beatles, mm-hmm. they frequently use the, the hero shot from 69, 70, and then they, then they just sort of have each one of them fade out. It's nice to have them all fade out together, you know? Mm. I thought that was very yeah. effective. I agree we've seen that before, but wow, with that song and, and the meaning of the whole video, I mm-hmm. thought that was well done. And then the lights on the board, which spell out Beatles, it's on by itself, and it just goes to black. It's yeah. the right. perfect way to end this clip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So I think we're all in agreement. We all like the video. Yes. No, <laughs> definitely. I mean, I'm going to watch it again as soon as uh, we're done here. <laughs> yep, I'm so watching I'm, it again for some of the things that I think I missed. Now that you have my notes, you can. Right. And you all also have my notes. You can go out and follow along. Nice. And it's like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Mm. I think we're all happy to have 
been able to live through this. And I think it is probably the last Beatles song. They, they will do other projects and there will be other things yes. which use one or more of their voices together. But I, I think they're not lying. This is the last Beatles song. I mean, Paul is very much in the mode of let's look back. I want to talk about my legacy and it's great that he gets to do that while he's still with us. I I agree. Um, I, I I mean, he's always said how much he's loved, you know, being in that band and, you know, a lot of those words is, you know, they says in the documentary, how lucky am I, you know, Uh, and that says it all right there. Um, You really feel, you really feel it means a lot to him uh, with those words. And I think it's All a right. nice moment for us as fans also to reflect on it that, mm. you know, in a way you almost feel like the Beatles go on forever in some capacity. But, you know, you really think about this could be a last of something and mm-hmm. we all get to actually experience it. And, you know, I know they're driving it home really hard, but there's yeah. something profound about being in that moment and really thinking about it in that way. Right. And how lucky well, that's why it's so he... perfect that they're putting Love Me Do on the back of the single. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. It ends and it starts all over again. Right. He says how lucky he was to be in that band, but how lucky are we to live in the same lifetime as them and got to experience all this great music? Absolutely. And what are we going to do in February? We're going to start with 60th anniversaries. We're going to start with go. <laughs> <laughs> Move over oh. 50th anniversaries. Here comes the 60s. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You, we just watched the Us Tour. Lonnie, you remember we watched that recently. Yeah. And there's that <laughs> clip from Steve Jobs that it's like living in the same time as Paul McCartney must be what it was like living in the same time as Mozart. Mozart. And, and yeah. you, you know, going going oh, into the park and seeing Mozart just play his concertos or something. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Agreed. Lonnie and I are on When They Was Fab, which we'll be back very soon uh, with Dr. Kenneth Womack is our next show. Kit is my co-host on Toppermost of the Poppermost and also on Talk More Talk with yes, Tom Hunyadi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we'll be doing an episode, depending on when you when you hear this, November 6th, uh, where we'll be talking about all the excitements around this wonderful Beatles goodness about the new song, the video, the documentary, and where all this will be placed and, and considered in their legacy. So that will be November 6th, 9 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. And Erica is part of the BC The Beatles. Can we call you a gang if it's just two of you? Sure, why not? <laughs> a gang of two. We're, we're just a particularly tough gang, too. <laughs> and, and we are particularly glad to have you back after your little hiatus, and hopefully you'll be releasing on a more regular schedule than, say, our good friend Ethan Alexanian, who has also <laughs> seemed to have taken up your schedule of releasing new shows. <laughs> Well, maybe we can, yeah, maybe we can pull him into 2024 with us. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be updating much more frequently next week. We're going to go through the red and blue, and the video, and just keep going with this this extravaganza that we've started this week. You mean there's more to talk about than we talked about on the video tonight? Well, when Red and Blue get released, we're going to talk well, this about is that. True. This is true. And we, uh, we dropped our episode. We recorded before the video came out, so we didn't want to talk about the video yet at that point. So mm. we're going to just wait. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm glad you could join us and uh, hope everybody out there has enjoyed this tremendous bit of Beatles this week. It is certainly something that we're not going to see the like of again, but there will be other things related to the band 
and we'll be looking forward to those as well. Be safe, folks. Subscribe to When They Was Fab on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are found. Please join our Facebook group, and we could be reached at When They Was Fab and on Gmail. The opening theme was written, produced, and recorded by Jay Young Kim, Beast or Famine Studios, San Francisco, California. minutes with marv martin quibell is host of pods like us co-host of toppermost of the poppermost and co-host of this very show when they was fab he is in different time zones so couldn't join us live i like the song for what it is which is an unfinished song if truth be told i think that if john had stayed and not died, I think he might have very possibly finished the song off. Um, But I think that the production and the instrumentation that has been included in the song or recorded for the song is sympathetic to the song. Unlike... The two previous demos that they worked on of John's, which were Free as a Bird and Real Love, I think this song works better, in a sense, because the others had the potential for being seen as overproduced, in a way. But in this case... I don't think they have gone to that sort of degree. I think it works wonderfully for the song. There are issues about Paul's uh, slide guitar playing, which he said was... A, I mean, it's a, tri- it's a tribute to George. He shouldn't have said that he was... Nobody should have said that he was trying to make it sound like George because he's not George. And no matter what people say about, oh, well, Paul is that gifted a musician that he could probably emulate George... I'm not 100% sure about that because to me as a musician, a lot of the time there are certain musicians where they have a specific sound that is theirs. A bit like you can hear Eric Clapton playing on a blues song, doing a solo, and you know it's Eric Clapton. You know what? Steve Vai sounds like or Joe Satriani sounds like or uh, quite a few of these people as Ed has said you know uh, Mike Campbell of the Artbreakers he could do a very good uh, George Harrison style slide guitar Um, but it works for what it is on his recordings there were changes made to the song, but it sort of works for what it is in a sense. I mean, as much as people say, oh, well, you know, it's taken away by taking one section away of the song. It's taken away from 
John's vision. I don't think what John had recorded, I don't think John had had a vision for the song at that point. It's a basic idea of a song. It's not a complete song. And John was well known for taking bits from his demos, much as Paul has done before as well. And they've pulled bits out that they've not used or they've put bits from other songs into that they were working on thinking they were separate ideas and and merged them together. So John did that as well. Uh, and there's a history of that if you listen to some demos from the from the Lennon tapes, um, you will hear that there are variations of songs. It's like Jealous Guy started as Child of Nature in the Beatles. Love Me Do, however, the 2023 remix, I really do like that. I like all the elements that they've got in there. You can hear everything clearly. Um, Even the slight nervousness in Paul having to sing bits in Love Me Do that he wasn't singing up until that recording session. They hadn't actually rehearsed with Paul doing that. So that's an interesting choice. But it's a beautiful beautifully sounding uh, mix so well done Giles and everybody else on the teams and everything for doing all that I'm really looking forward to hearing like what they've done with Please Please Me She Loves You and some of the other earlier songs uh, that are on the the Red and the Blue of the albums that are coming out they are really interesting to me I tell you one thing, there's sickness going on and there's some good people doing work in hospitals, but they got no bread to do it on. Not only are they working in a miserable condition with... Turned up nice again. 